if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It's unbelievable. We have a lot more to talk to him about, too. Then at 1035, we're going to get our first real update. We have not spent a lot of time talking in the in the uh, last three days about the first three days of the Derek Chauvin trial in uh, Minneapolis and the George Floyd death. I've been kind of holding off because I want to see what the evidence that is presented shows, and I want to see what the defense shows, and there hasn't been a ton of defense uh, put up thus far. Uh, but it all looks really, really awful uh, as the prosecution makes their case um, that Derek Chauvin intentionally killed George Floyd, and a lot of emotion and a lot of these things going on. Well, Joel uh, Gilbert is going to be joining us. He is the author of a book about Trayvon Martin and a film, as a matter of fact. He is a filmmaker about the death of Trayvon Martin and the prosecution of George Zimmerman. And he sees some similarities there. Uh, I'm not certain I agree with all of them, but this is what he sees. We're going to listen to him at 1035. So two guests, both in the 10 o'clock hour, Dr. Piper and Joel Gilbert, will be joining us here on AM 1420, The Answer. That means the first hour is yours at 216-901-0945, Either number will get you here. But before we do any of that, let's pause for the pledge. Stand, if you would, please put your hand over your heart. A uh, tribute to our country for patriots and a blight on your day for liberals. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I got a message from my friend Khalid Namar yesterday after I played the Pledge of Allegiance, who uh, kind of cracked me up. I forgot to, to read it, but I got a text message. Khalid sits in for me from time to time on the program, as you know. And Khalid Namar uh, texted me and said, that is so unfair. Hold on. Let me see. I wonder, I wonder if I still have it. I'll probably grab my phone here and just read it rather than paraphrasing it. Yeah, here it is. He said, Bob, USOB, you, you do the pledge knowing full well you're ticking off lefties who can't take a knee in their cars. <laughs> I thought that was spot on, and that's perfect. Yeah, sorry about that. Patriots can't stand in their cars for the pledge, but uh, on the flip side, liberals can't kneel during the pledge either uh, if they're driving. All right, thank you, Khalid, for that. Now, I'm going to st- use that to kind of uh, 
dovetail into the first discussion that I want to have with you this morning, or the first issue, rather. Um, two ways. There's a survey that has been conducted that uh, done by YouGov and Yahoo. So it's a YouGov-Yahoo news poll. And it's about sports. Not really necessarily just about sports, but about sports and the intersection of same with politics. And as they say, if you need a break from all of the politics in the world, if you need a break from the, you know, uh, all of the murders, wars, and rapes that are on the front page and that are, uh, you know, top of mind and every lead story, uh, everywhere you turn, all of the tragedy and travesty of viruses and diseases and masking and fighting and this and that and the other and social justice this and, you know, if you need a break, you, you, you turn on the, the, the sports channels, right? You lose yourself in the fantasy world that is sports because we all love sports. Well, not all, but those of us who love sports growing up and playing them as kids, it's kind of how we resort to our childhood where we get away from the serious issues of the day. Uh, I know a, a friend of mine uh, used to do Cleveland radio called it the the toy department of life. I've heard also uh, other people call sports the sandbox of life. Uh, where you can just revert back into your childhood and just forget about all the really serious and nasty stuff going on in our adult lives, right? Well, that can't happen anymore because sports has gone woke in large part. The social justice warriors in sports media and in sports management, meaning teams, uh, team owners rather, uh, managers, general managers, coaches, uh, ownership, they have all, league administrators, they have all decided that the far left social justice movement should absolutely uh, be put on display on their fields, courts, uh, by their athletes, and so on and so forth. So the survey that was done by YouGov and Yahoo News found this. They are chasing their fans away by the millions. According to the results of the survey, nearly half of America, Americans, American sports fans and sports watchers, have changed their viewing habits because of wokeness and social justice on display. They did not watch and will not watch NBA games with Black Lives Matter logos on the court. Games in which Black Lives Matter and other social justice messages are are put on uh, uniforms. Uh, they didn't like it when the same logo was on the pitcher's mound during baseball last year. Not sure if they're going to do that again this year or not. The commercials in between, trying to divide the races, trying to make one race look terribly evil and the other look sympathetic. All of the different things that are going on, and it's not just race, the trans messages as well as the LGBTQ, XYZ, exclamation point, question mark, ampersand, uh, all of these things are driving the fans away in droves. So I want to follow that with the start of the Major League Baseball season today. If you did not know that, the Cleveland Indians, soon to be known as just the Cleveland Baseball Club, I guess. Not sure how that's going to work. But the Cleveland Indians will be in Detroit to take on the Tigers, unless somebody has found a reason to be upset, if PETA or anybody else doesn't like Tigers being co-opted for a baseball team. But at any rate, they're, they're starting today, and it calls to mind what's going on down in Georgia. Because in Georgia, they just passed a new voting rights law, a law that makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat, and the left hates the idea of a law that makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat. That's what that had to do with baseball. 
Well, as the season starts today, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, has said he wants to see Major League Baseball relocate the All-Star Game. Take it out of Georgia. Take it out of Atlanta because of the Georgia voting law. I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. I can tell you what's happening with the NBA as well. Their ratings are in the toilet. People aren't watching. And it's not because the quality of games has gone down. It's because they're sick and tired of being beaten over the head with leftist politics, Joe. But please continue. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. This is Jim Crow on steroids. I'm convinced, by the way, that Joe Biden doesn't know what Jim Crow means. He has used it so many times on so many different things. I don't think he knows what it means. I don't think he knows what area it represents. I don't think he knows how it came about. I don't think he knows which party was responsible for it. But I think he is just so far lost, he doesn't know what it means because he uses it all the time. But the point here is that he thinks baseball should pull the all-star game from Atlanta over the Georgia voting rights law, which is indeed a voting rights law. So it begs this question. If he believes, and if the woke sports media believes, that baseball should be removed from, you know, the all-star game in baseball should be removed from Georgia, it should beg the question, or it does beg the question, what about the Atlanta Braves as a whole? This is an entire baseball team that plays in Georgia every single season, every single year. Should the baseball uh, Major League Baseball rip the franchise out of Atlanta and help them relocate it in a state that's more, what, voter fraud friendly? Probably the best way to, to describe that, I guess. This move to pull the baseball team, by the way, and the baseball game, rather, from Georgia is just part of a larger move to try to force large corporations that are based in Georgia to condemn the law in the hopes of impacting the legislature so that they will pass a new law vacating the one that was just signed by Brian Kemp. They're asking Coca-Cola and Arby's and Delta Airlines and all the other uh, major corporations and companies in Georgia to speak out or risk being boycotted. Well, Delta Airlines got the message, and they are criticizing the law. And their criticism of the law in an attempt to avoid being canceled by the woke mob leads Jenna Ellis to respond, it's far easier to vote under the Georgia legislation than it is to board a Delta airline plane. And it's free. What's she talking about? Well, David Harsanya explains, to get on a Delta flight, one must present a government-issued photo identification. Did you know this? To get on any plane, really, you have to show a government-issued photo ID. And isn't that exactly what the Georgia law is asking voters to do? Show a government-assisted photo ID. And what has that been deemed by the left? 
that's deemed to be racist because you can't ask black people to do things like get a photo ID. That's too difficult for them to comprehend and figure out. And I say that because this is what the left is telling you. We've been discussing this ad nauseum. The left thinks African Americans are less capable of doing everyday tasks like, I don't know, Googling, where's the nearest DMV near me? Where's a DMV? Uh, you know, what is required to get an identification and a picture ID? I mean, seriously. But anyway, back to the point. Delta requires a government issued photo ID to get on a flight. And once again, you have to show your ID again to get your boarding pass. And they have to double check it. They will look at your ID and your boarding pass to make sure that the name matches the legal name on your, un- on your unexpired. So, in other words, it's got to be valid, it's got to be current. Government-issued ID must match the name, legal name on your boarding pass, or they won't let you on. So if asking someone to obtain photo ID is a racist act, then Delta is, and the entire airline industry, they're engaging in racism every day. And yet they are saying, pull the all-star game, we agree. Bad bad uh, uh, policy here in the state of Georgia to make people show IDs to vote. By the way, show me your ID or you're not getting on this flight. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to almost go all Kamala on you there. (laughs) But there it is. Uh, We got so much more on this, including the Olympics. Coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. So I mentioned the Olympics going into the break. In the ongoing intersection of sports and social justice, which is driving sports fans away from literally all sports, including the most popular sports in the world, um, we're going to take this all the way to the world stage now. Departing from a memo issued back in December, the USOPC, That's the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee released new guidelines this week regarding protesting during Olympic events. In December, the USOPC seemed to draw the line at divisive demonstrations. But now in the new guidelines, the committee simply requires that all protests have the goal of, quote, advancing racial and social justice or promoting the human dignity of individuals or groups that have historically been underrepresented, underrepresented, minoritized, or marginalized in their respective societal context. In other words, anti-white demonstrations during the Olympics are now on. Let's say that again. And if you are protesting during the Olympics as athletes... American citizens competing for the American team with other American athletes wearing American colors, you are now allowed to publicly and on a world stage protest America. You represent the country, you wear the colors of the country, and you are allowed to embarrass and shame the country on the world stage, 
as long as you are doing it in a way that harms white people only. That language again says, protests are okay if they have the goal of advancing racial and social justice or promoting the human dignity of individuals or groups that have historically been underrepresented, minoritized, or marginalized in their respective societal context. So if you are doing something that is pro-minority and thus by definition anti-majority, that is perfectly okay. Now, Apparently, the Olympics, particularly the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee, doesn't seem to care that this is going to drive Americans away from rooting for, supporting, and watching the Olympics. I just told you what the survey showed, that 50% of American sports fans, according to this survey that I mentioned from Yahoo and uh, and uh, YouGov, 50% of American sports fans have changed their viewing habits because of woke politics being inserted into sports. They're dying because fans are fed up. Now the U.S. Olympic Committee is going to take it to the next level. This is bad, you know, bad ideas on steroids. Now an athlete wearing an American flag on their participatory uniform can kneel during the national anthem uh, in which they are being honored for their victory. Or they can raise their fists in the air simulating the black power symbol. Anything they want to do, including demonstrations against their own country, is okay with the USOC. Now, what I would like to know is, what kind of message do you think that sends to America's enemies? What kind of propaganda do you think the Chinese Communist government will make out of Americans at the Olympics, maybe on the victory block? kneeling during their anthem as the Chinese stand proudly for their victories, uh, listening to the Chinese Communist anthem. And you could go the same way with the Soviet Union. You can go the same way with really any any countries. And I don't know how great the athletes are if they're even allowed to compete from North Korea, from Iran, from uh, other foreign countries that are enemies of the United States. But you understand the point. They are allowing the United States' best athletes in the world, the Olympians, to denigrate the United States as a nation on a world stage, project weakness around the globe from the world stage, and watch and see how our enemies take huge advantage of that. I can tell you this. I used to like watching the Summer Olympics much more than the winter because I don't ski or skate. But I will be doing the same thing I did during the NFL season right up until the very end when the Browns went into the playoffs, and I, and I did sneak a peek or two there. But I will not be watching nor supporting the United States Olympic athletes if the United States Olympic athletes are going to be anti-United States. If you want to react to that, 216-901-0945, right after this. Okay, 9.37 now. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday edition of The Authority. So uh, a couple of notes. Coming up on April 12th, I want to let you know now that we are in the month of April, today, of course, being the beginning, April 12th, I will be the guest speaker at the uh, Strongsville GOP meeting. Very much looking forward to this. It's a free event, but you do need tickets. 
you do need to have a ticket. So I uh, encourage you to go on to the uh, Strongsville GOP website or even just their Facebook page. Just Google, or excuse me, don't Google. Don't ever Google. you got to get out of that habit. you just got to search and use different search engines. But at any rate, uh, search up uh, the Strongsville, Strongsville GOP or go on to Facebook and type in the Strongsville GOP. It's almost sold out, I am told, but there are still tickets available for the event uh, 7 p.m. on April 12th. So I look forward to uh, speaking with you there. And also I want to invite you to this. Now this one I'm not going to be able to be at. But it's huge, and it's put on by Ohio Stands Up down in Columbus on April 17th at 6.30. It's the Defy DeWine Dance Party and Event, Saturday, April 17th, 6.30 to 11.30. Freedom in Bloom. This is being put on by Ohio Stands Up, the organization that I tell you about twice a day, every day. Tom Renz, uh, attorney Tom Renz and his team are putting this on as a fundraiser so they can t- continue to raise funds, uh, to, um, uh, prosecute, if you will, the cases against Mike DeWine and the government for taking away our constitutional rights uh, by way of their ridiculous, unnecessary, and unconstitutional COVID-19 health policies and orders. So the Freedom in Bloom Defy DeWine Dance Party is Saturday, April 17, 6.30 p.m. down in Columbus. It's live music, dancing, cash bar, hors d'oeuvres, no masks, Dr. Pam Popper will speak, Catherine Hewig will speak, MAD members, and many others. This is a great event put on by Ohio Stands Up that I absolutely support. Uh, so tickets are on sale right now at ohiostandsup.org. That's ohiostandsup.org. And if I could encourage you one other time, if you can't attend, uh, just make a donation when you get to ohiostandsup.org anyway. They need our help. And uh, because really, when we spend that money, you know, for the cost of a, of a couple of cups of coffee or a latte, uh, each week, you could be the difference between liberty and tyranny continuing in this country. Seriously. Don't just wait for COVID-19 to go away and then all of the orders to expire. Don't just wait for SB 22 to take effect and think, okay, now everything's good. Now we can get rid of all of these bad policies. It's going to take much, much more than that. And it may take the courts. And that's why we continue, and Tom and his teams continue to file lawsuit after lawsuit, and they will continue to file lawsuits until uh, we have the uh, the law changed and we can make sure to... Uh, uh, reimpose, or rather not reimpose, that's the wrong word. They're the ones who impose upon us. Rather, we can reacquire our rights. All right, um, to the point that I was making about the Olympics, again, I, I this is all part of, like I said, kind of the sports movement. The sports culture has changed. And I want to pivot that now into celebrity culture. Now, we don't care about celebrities, right? Can we agree on that? I don't care about celebrities. You don't care about celebrities. I don't watch award shows. I don't care if they're Grammys or they're Oscars or they're, um, uh, what else are there, uh, Emmys. I, I just don't care. You don't either. What I do want is for entertainers to just entertain me. I want them to go on screen, play their characters, do it well, so I can forget who and what they are in real life because they're disgusting, despicable human beings in many cases. I'm sorry, and I don't know why it is that virtually all of Hollywood and all of the music industry, or at least a good 90% of it is leftist, but it is. They're anti-American leftists. I want them to entertain me. If they're dancers, dance and shut up. If they're sports players, you know, perform and shut up. If you are an actor, act and shut up. But nonetheless, they have decided to make themselves somewhat, somewhat uh, bigger than, than what they really are. It's to that end that I ask you this. Do you care... Who and or what 
Demi Lovato likes to have sex with? No? Okay. Neither do I. If you're saying, I don't even know who Demi Lovato is, then you haven't had a teenage girl uh, in the past 10, 15 years. I got a 19-year-old daughter, and she grew up with Demi Lovato and other you know, teen pop stars that were popular with the young teen set. Fine. But apparently Demi Lovato feels the need to come out and announce, which she just did this past weekend, that she is sexually fluid and that she is, quote, pansexual. End quote, which means that she is attracted to, quote, anything, really, end quote. That's not an exaggeration. This is what she said. I'm so fluid now, she said. And a part of the reason I am so fluid is because I was, like, super closeted off. She was asked by the interviewer, you mean sexually fluid? Meaning you like girls and you like boys? And she replied, yeah, anything, really. What do they call that? She said, yeah, pansexual. This is the second pansexual who has come out and announced their pansexuality. One of them, uh, a couple of days ago, is a member of Congress. You saw that, right? Why do these self-important narcissists think that it's newsworthy for them to make announcements publicly about who and what they like to have sex with? Why do they think that their sexual fetishes are of the public interest. Demi Lovato, by the way, is a singer who also has said in the past that she's ashamed to be white. She doesn't like being white because she has been guilted and shamed into thinking that being born white is being born evil. It's being born racist. It's being born privileged. It's being born whatever. So she hates her race. Now she basically says she'll have sex with, quote, anything, really, and that leaves a real wide door open, which is very disappointing and disgusting. But then she has also said that children, children who are born to parents who have gender reveal parties are in serious trouble because gender reveal parties are transphobic. And that means that the parents are going to raise their child based on their, you know, sex. Based on their scientifically proven sex. From their anatomy to their physiology to their chromosomes. And that's terrible, she said, because, you know, there are boys with vaginas and there are girls with penises. She said that, too. She is a very, very mentally disturbed human being. But why am I talking about it? I'm talking about it because the news cycle is covering it. There are multiple news stories by multiple news agencies just waiting with bated breath to report that Demi Lovato says she's pansexual and attracted to anything. Um, when did we lose our way? When did this become news? When did it become okay for people to say the most radical outlandish things that are scientifically false and that are psychologically distressful, to say the very least. I think she's psychologically impaired. Why? When did it okay for people to say these things and for us to rush to read about it? And in my case, I'm guilty here of talking about it, but when did the culture change to the point where this is a news story now? How did it change? Well, maybe the answer to that is 
the news cycle, and specifically the news organizations. It brings me to my next story this morning. Over on CNN, the cable news network, for those who didn't know what CNN stood for, CNN, they are pushing a new radical idea about sex and gender. And what they are now arguing in a news article that they wrote, CNN reporting, by way of their breaking news reporter, Devin Cole, speaking on behalf of CNN, there is no such thing as sex at birth because there is no consensus criteria for assigning it. You understand that? There is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. Children should not be assigned sex on their birth on their birth certificates until they are old enough to tell you what sex they are. And this is incredible. I ask kind of rhetorically when and where did our culture go off the rails? It went off the rails when the people that we once trusted, the fourth estate that we once trusted to present facts and to present newsworthy items, decided to engage in scientific fiction and to give news coverage to that which is not news, such as the wild radical opinions of singers and dancers and basketball players. And treating them as if they are newsworthy, treating them as if they are, their opinions matter somehow more than yours and mine, or moreover, than our elected officials, who can't, if they're leftists, quickly or, or, or uh, curry favor quickly enough with those celebrities because it helps them get reelected because of their popularity. Back to the CNN story. The network published CNN the claims that there is no consensus existing for knowing a person's sex at birth in a news piece on South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem's ongoing battle over legislation that would ban biological males from participating in women's sports in her state. The P- And this is the, the, the uh, Daily Wire reporting on this. The piece, entitled South Dakota's Governor Issues Executive Orders Banning Transgender Athletes from Women's Sports, uh, written, as I said, by CNN's Devin Cole, quote, Though the two executive orders signed by Noam do not explicitly mention transgender athletes, they reference the supposed harms of the participation of males in women's athletics. An echo of the transphobic claim cited in other similar legislative initiatives that transgender women are not women. The orders also reference biological sex, a disputed term that refers to the sex as listed on students' original birth certificates. It is not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth. And there is no consensus criteria for assigning sex at birth. Now, that's an end quote. Now, I bring this up in as much detail as I am because this is the network that proclaims to be pro-science. This is the network that is screaming at you that you must wear a mask. This is the network that is screaming at you saying that the climate is the planet is warming and the climate is constantly changing and we should have been underwater by 2009 on the east coast this is the scientific network that tells you uh you must get this vaccine or you're killing other people this is the science network 
that it's going to tell you that, quote, it is not possible to know a person's gender at birth and there is no consensus criteria for, criteria for signing a sex at birth. CNN updated the article yesterday after it received blowback online to provide additional explanation to the distinctions between gender and sex. The claim about no consensus for assigning sex at birth was removed from the new version uh, of the article, and an explanation on why biological sex is a disputed term was added. CNN is so far lost in the weeds of their leftism, they have completely abandoned all objectivity and all uh, belief in or dedication to scientific principles. They're making it up as they go along, essentially. Quote, Though the two executive orders signed by Noam do not explicitly mention transgender athletes, they reference the supposed harms of the participation of males and women athletes, athletics. An echo of the transphobic claim cited in other similar legislative initiatives that transgender women are not women. The orders also reference biological sex, a disputed term that refers to the sex listed as uh, sex as listed on students' original birth certificates. It is not possible to know a person's gender identity at birth, and for some people, this is their edit here, the sex listed on their original birth certificate is misleading a misleading way of describing the body they have. While sex is a category that, re- category that refers broadly to physiology, a person's gender is an innate sense of identity. The factors that go into determining the sex listed on a person's birth certificate may include anatomy, genetics, and hormones, and there is broad natural variation of each of these categories. For this reason, CNN, the network of science says, the language of biological sex as used in the legislation can be overly simplistic and misleading. So what I'm going to follow up with here is to try to clarify for the science deniers at CNN the wild radical leftists in Hollywood, the radical wild leftists in in sport who think that females should be forced to compete against biological males. Let's just try to summarize this. If you are born with chromosomes that are X and Y, you are a biological male. If you are born with chromosomes that are X and X, you are a biological female. It's that simple. End of story. Forget the rest. I don't want to hear about identification. I don't want to hear about uh, even physiology. You notice I didn't talk about penises and vaginas in that in that uh, very simple explanation. I didn't talk about physical anatomy, although that is indeed extraordinarily important. I could talk talk about reproductive organs. I could have said if you're a male. You have testicles and you have a penis. If you are a female, you have a vagina and a uterus. And it's just that simple. I could, I, But they don't want to go that way, they say. Because anatomy and anatomical differences cannot account for the science, or the psychological, rather, uh, impact that somebody has in their own head, the psychological identification that they have in their own head. So fine. I'll even give up on the anatomical differences and the physiological differences. When it comes down to it, we are what we are based on our genes, our genetic makeup. And the chromosomes are the deciding factor. If you believe in science, CNN, if you believe in science, Megan Rapino, 
If you believe in science, uh, the entire LGBTQXYZ community, then acknowledge science here. XXXY. That's it. Game over. I used to tell people this. If you're still confused as to what you are and you just can't figure it out, then reach down and pull the waistband of your underwear away from your body and look down. Problem solved. Now you know what you are. But if they are going to dispute that, fine. Let's go science and let's embrace full science. Chromosomal science tells you, CNN, we don't need to wait for the child to grow up and tell us what they are. Science can tell us what they are. Our culture is in a bad place, my friends. We are in a very, very dangerous place. And if we don't start speaking truth to truth, and I'm sick of that phrase, truth to power. If we don't start speaking truth to truth, we're going to lose it. All of it. And that's what we're going to continue to do on this program. We'll be right back. You know, Hugh Hewitt's right. We, we are going to have a war with China. Who do you think is going to win that war? The nation that exemplifies national pride, the nation that has a military that is focused on nothing but surgical precision, as within with so many other things that the Chinese are particularly adept at, or the nation that is worried about which pronouns soldiers and sailors are going to be forced to use in their training. The nation that is going to stand on the medal stand at the Olympics, listening to the Chinese Communist Anthem, with their chest puffed out and their heads held high, or the nation that is going to be on their knees on the medal stand as the American Anthem is played because they're ashamed of the country they represent. How do you win a war against an enemy like that when you are so broken and so ashamed of who you are and what you are inside? And that's what's going on here. Sadly, those who wish to destroy this country are doing it for a reason. They don't believe in the liberty that you and I enjoy. They don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in this the idea, the concept of a republic. They, they believe in cultural and political and economic Marxism. And they are now engaging in a war, fighting for the proverbial hearts and minds of Americans. And they have all of the weapons necessary to win that war, to win the fight for hearts and minds of Americans. Because they control our schools, they control our media, they control our social media, they control the flow of information. So when Hugh Hewitt talks about that war with China, you had best be concerned. Because we are in no position to fight it. None. We are weak and we are crippled under the leadership of far leftists who believe in cultural Marxism rather than democratic Republican liberty. Dr. Everett Piper joins us next on AM 1420.